You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. To Axe to Grind, the hardcore podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. And I'm Tom. Patrick's high riz in the chat today. I'm high riz. I don't even know really know what riz means, everybody. Uh, you know, I was going to ask you to explain it to me. Oh, so I'm you fucking old dog. I don't know. Well, I just hear kids riz say riz. Riz is, riz is swag. Yeah, I'm, I'm high swag. It's got something to do with like, like, like romance, though. Yeah, it's like when you can run game with a girl. Like yeah, like Mojo. When, when you yeah 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 Mojo. Way way to bring it back to the '60s, Pat. <laughs> yeah, like, like Austin Powers. Yeah, really. Would you just wake up and take a fucking hour long pee? Like, what's going on? <laughs> um, we should really talk about the weird rise and fall of Michael Myers. Uh, uh, Mike Myers for the. I mean, Michael Myers too. He's died in like every movie, and he's come yeah, back. Both exactly. Um, well, not that last one. Halloween did end. <laughs> Um, I haven't seen a Halloween movie uh, since Halloween H two O in the theater. So was that like, was that the one with um, Buster Rhymes? Or was that it was Halloween Resurrection? That's Resurrection. Yeah, that's right. H two O was pretty terrible. Yeah, H two O had a good soundtrack. Was um, that with Josh Hartnett with the worst haircut? And I believe so. I believe yeah, it was a hot time for Josh Hartnett. It was Josh Hartnett. It was uh, oh, what's the woman that was married to? Uh, Oh, we're gonna do old man talk now. <laughs> oh, she had like Andy a Curtis. no. I knew that. She had a WB show. Um, she was married to Heath Ledger. Something, oh, oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, she was a. Um, she was in Dawson's Creek. Yes, she was in it. Um, LL Cool J played the security guard, and they uh, they showed him without his hat, which was weird because no one like it was new to see his like bald head. Michelle Williams, yeah. Michelle um, Williams. There we go. Uh, we will get back to Halloween H2O Theater. Uh, but thank you to our sponsors, Convulse Records. Uh, yeah, uh, Turn up, Patrick. Shave your beard. Mm. Thank you to To Live a Lie. Mm, oh, yeah. Thank you to Closed Casket Activities. Mm-hmm. And thank you to Run for Cover Records. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's start, <clears throat> guys. I've been, I've been. I need to take a break, like a, a break. I've been reading these sponsors. I'm going to let you guys take lead, but we are going to go to Close Casket Activities first. CloseCasketActivities.com. What's new? They got the new end joint, the sin of human frailty. Jesus. Ooh. Um, <laughs> So dramatic. All right. Ooh, it's oh, yo, so real quick. Yeah. Uh, my two year old uh has recently started being very good about sounds and noises. One can actually carry a tune, which my son can't so much. Um <laughs> but but uh she has somehow learned the fancy ooh, which is the ooh, ooh. and wow. does it, and it's 
hilarious. So, Amazing. We have uh, to see if you can record that for a drop at some point. Yeah, yeah. and the sin of human frailty. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Continue. Um, LP recorded by none other than Mr. Will Putney, who's also in the band, as you already know. I love the the cover. It's really I feel like cool. a closed casket in general, a cre- <laughs> incredible artwork. Always, always. We actually like, got a request like, yeah. to talk more about artwork. So, uh, yes. I would Close love, yeah. It's a pre-order that's up now. It's a sin of human frailty. It's uh, comes. It's being shipped on October 24th. A lot of the rarer um, pressings are already gone. So if you want to get in there, get in there soon. Um, this is, uh, you know, pretty much a heavy, hardcore supergroup. Um, oh, yeah. Buddy of ours, Jay Pepito from... Mm. From the shore and from Philadelphia, yes, sir. Plays bass in it. That, that's when you know how good it is when you got a dude with a voice like that that just plays bass. Yeah, true. Yeah, and so we were kind of talking about it, and it was like, you know, uh, Jay has had a, an interesting journey through through heavy music and hardcore. Uh, notably, was the lead who was played guitar in Blacklist in early era, the OG um, version. Yeah, that's right. Um, but was the lead singer. And primary songwriter, if I'm not wrong, in Reign Supreme. Sounds right. And I was like, Reign Supreme and End are not – they're not the same flavor of ice cream. But if you told me someone who loved Reign Supreme in 2009, 2010, what have you, uh, what are they doing in, in 2023? Oh, uh, listening to the new End record would probably fit the criteria. You know, it's like – it's not the same thing, but the through line is it is heavy. Yeah, <clears throat> undeniably that. A little menacing for my taste. Too heavy. Scared of it. <sighs> but Patrick ordered it anyway, so you know why, everybody? I like he's a scare. Not, he's not a coward. That's right. <laughs> Closedcasketactivities.com. Uh, back, pro, backslash products, backslash Patrick's not a coward. <laughs> uh, runforcoverrecords.com. Runforcoverrecords.com. Guys, what are we talking about with our buddies from Boston? You know, a band that we talk about quite often, uh, it seems almost tailored to us in some ways, uh, Fiddlehead. Uh, there is a new Fiddlehead release. Uh, you know, it's, it's a meme in my band that every time we look up something terrible, like some band that we think utterly sucks on YouTube, th- to find within the first five comments, these boys don't miss. Right, <laughs> like people say it about things that miss by so fucking wide <laughs> that you couldn't even imagine. Right, couldn't it hit just a barn. It's outside, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah just outside. Uh, so, uh, I can say it in sincerity with Fiddlehead, uh, th- these boys don't miss. Uh, they are uh, uh, seasoned, and uh, this record. Uh, represents a very uh, uh, well uh, uh, well played. Like they've they've played together and uh, have fallen into uh, a, a further understanding of each other uh, musically. So, <clears throat> hey Bob, you know uh, what this sounds like? Tell me. Yeah, what's it sound like? Remember when you were in school and the kid next to you only read the back of the book? Oh yeah. And then the teacher was like, "Hey, how about you tell us about um, you know." 
Lord of the I mean, Flies. That's, that's what that's what all my reviews of things sound like. Um, I feel like it's like it's you know they they've, they've played together. You no, know, listen. I, you, I know, you, there was an island involved. Listen, you know? right? And then like there's like Piggy and like but, that, you but know. more of the island uh, kind of speaks to the idea of the book itself. Uh, right. Here's, it's like here's what, what, what would happen saying. in society if like you left to, if we're left to our own devices. So all like, right, all right. You, you, just, you just had you just had Chat GPT write that for you. Here's a, so, here's yeah. what so, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll yes. say. Uh, I've listened to the record. You want me to say because these two gentlemen need further explanation. Uh, <laughs> yes, we need. Yes, uh, you can just call us your podcast partners. That's sometimes you get about. your most dynamic. <laughs> sometimes you get your most dynamic songs on your first thing together. Uh, but they are rarely what you, they're rarely what you want. You trip over it. This sounds like what Fiddlehead wants. Is that mm. is that good for you, fellas? <laughs> Still good, vague, vague, vague essay. Vague right booking, right? yeah. That's we, that's we should do a contest. All right, it sounds like Swizz playing the Lemonheads. Go, go buy it. Oh, that's oh, probably exactly yeah, what they go. wanted. Go buy so it. The record's really great. Um, it's called Death is Nothing to Us. Uh, features a uh, – Pat, who sings on this record? Shaquille That's not Pat Flynn. Uh, Marty Brzezowski I went to high school with. Hmm. Um, you went to school with a kid named Brzezowski, so did I. I did. I did. It's the first time his name's cro- crossed my lips in 20 I mean, years. I mean, uh, Billy Daly sings on it. Um, yeah. Let's see. Now, now you're just naming fucking townies from fucking – yeah, right. Char- Charlie Duddy sings on it. Um, Sully. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Taylor, who wanted nothing else in life but to open a smoke smoke shop. Did he succeed? Uh, I th- I think he might be in jail. <laughs> I mean, close enough. Um, so so Fiddlehead Death is nothing to us. The perfect record. Can answer the question. Yeah. Oh, it's not Shaquille O'Neal, right? It's not Shaquille O'Neal. I just—it was like one of those things. It's like the brown M and M's with Van Halen. Uh-huh. Like if if Pat listened, he would know who sang on this record other than Pat Flynn. Oh, is it? Um, because it was, it was kind of. Um, I'm just gonna say I I I didn't get an executive producer credit on this record. Oh, okay, mm. all right. And I might have deserved it. Mm. Although I I I was I kiboshed the title. Mm. But I was overruled by the people actually in the band. Mm. Um, but Pat, our friend, one of our favorite musicians, one of our favorite vocalists, Kato Eight sings on the record. That's true. As as and, does Justice. I could have answered that way. But uh, uh, yes, people who don't know Kate Reddy, Kato Eight, uh, she has like a very interesting place in hardcore history. Like it, it was yeah. in. In some ways, her music career was an eye blink, you could say, it, 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 but it kind of made a deep impression <laughs> on, on people like like Pat and like me. So uh, right, she sings on the Bane record. She sings on "Can We Start Again." Yeah. Um, I thought for sure. Paul O'Neill. I thought for sure. Oh no, sang on this record. She had a record out called Project Kate. Yeah. Yep. Also. I got to actually talk to her for some length of time. Like we've been in the same room a couple times, but I, I, at uh, the Fiddlehead uh, Angel Dust uh, Drug Church show in in New York, I uh, got to talk to Kate and her daughter. Uh, both very funny people. <laughs> like like like, and Kate uh, would be a good guest that we would have to redact a lot uh, because 
She knows literally everybody that we think of as being like a, a, a legend of some type. She knows them all since she was a kid and since they were a kid. So I want you guys to think about the way that there's people that we've known for a long time who they're always going to be, they're always going to be the dude who gotten like, you know, his yeah, girlfriend knocked him out on the sidewalk after, after cheating or whatever. You, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's, it, there's going to be a memory of, of them as kids that will form how we see them for the rest of our lives. Kate has that with icons. <laughs> It's so, uh, a funny conversation for sure. That'll be cassette only. Yeah. Cassette only. All right. Yeah. So, but this record's great. If you haven't heard it, or if you haven't listened to it, please do, um, pick up the beautiful color records that they have. They have, uh, the cover is awesome. It's a beautiful painting, um, of kids being kids. So check it. Records.com. Guys, how you doing? How you feeling? Fantastic. That's Fantastic. Tom, are you fantastic? No, I'm never fantastic. I'm fine. All right. So how are I you do, doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm I good. want to turn it around. I feel like you ask questions you never get to answer. Go. That's my new thing in 2023. We're gonna love it. Uh, I am good. I'm feeling good. I'm. Uh, I know how you're doing. You got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Just moving furniture. Moving. Moving yeah, couch. Moving. Moving many things. Just. Uh, we got to move like these to move refrigerators. It. We got to move these color, these color TVs. TVs. What a great song. And a video, uh, too. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, Who's helping you move this stuff? Are we giving a shout-out? Guitar, George. Guitar George. Guitar George. Uh, he always knows uh, all the chords. Um, uh, he's in the uh, that, that video. Um, oh. no, uh, uh, who's helping me move? I got some options, but we're not sure. We'll see. It's, oh, wow. It's like, who's available on a Wednesday afternoon? Um, got it. The real business of the day, Patrick. <clears throat> you've been a, you've been maligned in the uh, the yes. messages, but I have to issue a mea culpa first because in the basketball jersey discussion, I said I would like a burn basketball jersey. They Did made I? basketball jerseys. Mm. I don't remember that. I kind of do remember it because <clears throat> a bunch of folks from Connecticut had them, and I think they sold them. Byrne only played a handful of shows in the mid to late 90s. Yes. But they played – I saw them a couple times in New Jersey. It was awesome. Um, they played a, a, a one, maybe two really infamous Connecticut shows, and I think they sold the jerseys there just because I remember seeing lots of dudes from Connecticut with those jerseys. Um, but Were they purple? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, Purple, they weren't purple and gold, but it was purple and like a funny green <laughs> color, maybe green and yellow outline kind of thing. Um, they were cool. Uh, they just need to make more of them. So that's my mea culpa. Uh, Patrick, you've been put to the torch about your partner take. Uh, I talked I I'm, talked to my lesbian friends, and I stand by my statement. Cry oh, about it. Cry oh, about it, listeners. Well, Don't give a what shit. Do you want, what do you want to do? Um, Howdy partners. Hi guys. Gay woman and big fan here. Wanted to reach out and add a word on your epic debate about the term partner and girlfriend, which is amazing. Made me laugh out loud. Thank you. Uh, disclaimer 39. So the younger folks might have something completely different to say about, uh, person who sent this. I hope you don't mind me reading this. I'm not going to say your name because I didn't ask for permission, but you didn't really feel anything here, but, uh, your message was awesome. So, um, anyways, in my experience, and I don't speak for everyone to say the least, Patrick is right. 
15 years ago or so, partner, quote unquote, was used by queer folk to refer to their significant others, while straight folks mostly use the more traditional term, husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend. Amongst my queer friends, at least, partner was used with the intention for two reasons. One, to denote a serious relationship back when it wasn't legal for us to get married in the U.S. True. Two, in conversation with straight people, to signal that we were queer without having to awkwardly come out, quote unquote. I think that this is where Patrick is tripping up. He might feel like he's co-opting a term or, worst case, signaling something false intentionally. True. To Bob and Tom's point, though, in the last decade, I too have noticed a ton of straight folks using partner. Sometimes to denote a serious relationship, especially when folks aren't married, <coughs> and sometimes to undermine the connotation that might come with a word like wife, which can be construed to signal a very old-school husband-wife dynamic. Honey, I'm home, quote-unquote. Super cool if straight folks are using partner to reflect the dismantling of these structures. I'm here for it. Lastly, as a woman who dates women, let me edge a little bit towards Tom and Bob's camp and lend Pat an unsolicited helping hand. Thank you. Happy partner, happy life. Refer to the lady how she prefers. Listen, I'm on board for all of it. Uh, I'm just saying it's stolen valor. That's all I'm getting at. Well, and here's the real – this is – yeah, I know. Starscream got us – uh, here's Jeez. the uh, Bob just goes, yep, exactly. And he just keeps going. Like, he's like, I want to make believe like I understood what Pat was saying, but uh, get a new Wi-Fi, like, goddamn it. I was saying it's stolen valor. One, Patrick is this is the knife in the coffin. No, this knife like, in the um, coffin. Yeah, yeah Patrick is the caveman. Two, partner is an Australian term. Oh, is it? This is new. Tell me more, please. I consume a decent amount of Australian media, and they always say partner instead of girlfriend slash boyfriend or wife slash husband. Um, he sent a, a link here. Even stranger is the, use of the term partner, which in Australia is used to talk about your romantic partner. I always think of the phrase howdy partner when I hear people call their loved ones their partner. Maybe me think of a business partner instead of a boyfriend girlfriend, but that's an American position because it's so common in Australia. Even the visa, which Pat is probably on. What's your visa called, Patrick? It's a part. Well, hold on, hold on. Let me take this opportunity to uh, shit on my adoptive country. Uh, oh, you mean the partnership visa that I don't have because it costs fourteen thousand dollars? And well, every you probably time have I the partner the- visa temporary. Let's uh, the de facto partner or spouse. I'm very aware of it. It yeah. costs 14 grand. It actually costs mm-hmm. nine grand. But when you're done with the whole process, it costs about 14. Well, yeah, you're 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 in the 820, and you're looking to move towards the subclass 801. Which do you know? Do you know what I tell the immigration officials that uh, like drag me into a fucking de- uh, detention room every time? Help I me say, core. I say when you lend me the nine I grand, money, I'm a baby. I, when you lend me the nine grand, this will be expedited. I promise you. Uh, so you were largely maligned. I caped up for you a few times, uh, but uh, but you did have some supporters. And here's the thing: as we might have said on the Patreon, boyfriend boyfriend doesn't sound as sexy as girlfriend sounds sexy, right? Mm. We agree on that, right? Um, the real answer is I play by the Phil Collins rules. Is it no? It's not Phil Collins. Who's the guy? Call me out. Who's call me out? Uh, what's his face? Paul, Paul Simon. Simon. Paul Simon. I'm Paul Simon rules. You call me Betty, and Betty, when you call me, you can call me out. You tell me what you want me to call you. I'm calling you that. Full stop. Who? Ca- I don't need to think about it more than that. We're good. 
would you guys like to talk about some hardcore? Yeah, shout out to my lesbian sisters for coming to my aid, sort of. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's pretty funny. Where are they? Because I haven't you haven't read one. God, sort of. there was such a good one. There was such a good one who said, Oh, hold on. Now now I'm gonna have to read it because it was so good. Uh let's see this. Uh fuck. Pat is definitely doing his his favorite person's people are saying that uh <laughs> I'm doing my Trump. Many yes. many people are so many, many lesbians say, are saying. many lesbians have said that partner is stolen valor. That's what Pat's yeah. doing right now. Is fuck. <laughs> I'm doing a Trump. Uh, hey, oh, wait, oh, here it was. Uh what the fuck is PK on about the partner <laughs> thing? He speaks for the lesbian community now. That's and right. I was like, he I said he volunteered for the position. Uh, <laughs> Listen, uh, and it, you he's were a white a guy, of course. He believes he can little goober. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. Listen, we're it fake was, woke. It was so it was self-elected, but uh so far I so far they haven't come for me, so I'm just gonna retain the position. Can I issue Whoa. an uh, an apology? Of course. I mean, first time for everything. Let's go. I watched The Bear. It was pretty good. Did you? Good. Good, good, good. Uh, I do want to watch it. I haven't watched it, but I would love for people to stop saying yes, chef, in, in general part, in general conversation. You know what? So, Bob, are you familiar with the yes, chef phenomenon? Uh, no, hasn't hit my circles, but I, okay, I, so, I'm aware of it, but I'm not, you know. So, it's a guy who got some uh, real formal uh, uh, kitchen training, uh, entering a uh, more like down market spot, and he insists like a sandwich on store, sandwich right. store, sandwich store, and he insists on, as a matter of respect between professionals, everybody calls each other chef, right? Yeah, so, yeah. and uh, it's like it's a bit of a meme, but I really like it as a guy that calls. People younger than me, sir. Uh, I, I, I really like. I think it would be fun if we referred to each other by our professions. <laughs> I think it'd be oh, I mean, you're gonna just call her, but like, hey, um, you want a bag for your yerba mate? Yeah, chef. Yeah, chef. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, as opposed to the, the guys gonna be like, what the fuck? All right, I'm with it. Let's let's roll with it. Yes, yeah, chef. Um, all right, are you guys ready for some? We have lots of questions. Let's um, go. We're just gonna go. We're gonna not rapid fire, but we're gonna hit them quick. You know. Mm. Um, questions and comments. Uh, we'll we'll continue with the back and forth flow because that's fun. Um, Tom, yes. Comment. Kinlan has the voice and attitude of a three XL junk food vegan. Mm. Um. Yeah, who just started? He, he like is in his like third week of Muay Thai. Oh, you nailed it! <laughs> because it's like if you're like a big like soft junk food vegan, mm. you you don't have that attitude. Like when you start working out and be like, I, you know what I, I, you know, I, I, my pants fit a little different. Yep. That's what Pat's like right now. That's me. Like he's ready to fight, even though he's, he's ready. He's ready to give a face mush if he needs to. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Patrick, you feel you're, you're good with that. Yeah. I can live with that assessment. <laughs> All right. Uh, Patrick statement. Hardcore is more diverse, more inclusive, but it is less, but is it less politically charged? So question really. Hardcore is more diverse, more inclusive, but is it less politically charged? Undeniably, yes. Good or bad? Um, better for me. Uh, that's a great question because uh, I'm going to answer in two parts. Better for me because I I think most of your political opinions, not the two of you gentlemen, but just the world. Oh, are you, no, you said we were fake. Take <laughs> <laughs> that energy, man. Uh, I'll see you. I think. I think most people's political I'm opinions. I'm a double X fucking fast food vegan. What's up, man? I do not need to hear. Uh, the flip side is uh, I do think that there's something lost 
uh, in this idea that young people uh, are having approved opinions. I, I think right. that it's uh, <clears throat> like, okay, respectfully, uh, we've talked about and and uh, Tom uh, slightly disagrees, but uh, I think is disagreeing uh, mostly to shit on me that the there it, it, the, <laughs> there's there's certain things that hardcore has tackled in a I'm way that messages and 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 DMs about this. It's not even out yet. Well, there's a like okay. Um, Rogato's texting me right now, yelling about your take that you're about to say. Uh, I mean. All right. The there's certain topics that are approved. They fall within the Overton window of hardcore conversation. They sure. are not challenging in any way. For example, if you if you are an anti-racist band, that is commendable because that is a commendable position to have in this life, right? However, you are you will receive zero pushback from your peers for taking that position. It is a completely admirable way to live, but perhaps a waste of your lyrics or waste of your shirt space in terms of what it brings to the cultural Hard conversation. Disagree. Hard disagree. All right. Hit me. <clears throat> no, I mean, I think you still need to shout that out, even if it's something that you're like, you can, it's not a waste of time because it'd be a waste of time if you didn't have to talk about it anymore. And you were just saying it to say it, Tom. It's I'm, still a huge problem. I, listen, no debate, no, no debate. It, and uh, there's uh, two things we're not going to uh, two things we're not going to disagree on. Racism obviously exists. It's not good. And let's also throw a third let's throw a third one in there and say uh, the larger world is is still like this could be a conversation you have with your uncle. I'm not also saying that hardcore that racism doesn't exist in hardcore. To be frank, I've been white for a long time, so maybe I miss certain shit. And I'm, I'm sure yeah, we all have. And I'm and I'm willing to willing to eat that. What I'm saying is, that even a racist in hardcore is not going to argue with you when you when you say, like, hey, you know, no racism in hardcore because he doesn't think of himself as a clans member. You know what I mean? Like, so uh, we have a very, you know what? I quite honestly, though, we have a different view of these things mm. because of where we're, where you predominantly spent most of your hardcore life mm. and m mine as well. Cause like I grew up in New York city. Mm. I'm going to throw it out there. Lot, not a lot of Nazis came to New York hardcore shows. In fact, why? Because New York hardcore was like mostly people of color. Right. Yeah, listen. That I, would fuck you up. 100%. So like Albany, you know, maybe in the outskirts, maybe, but like a lot of dudes up there, you know, a lot of folks up there weren't having it. So it didn't permeate and intrude on your, you know, experiences watching fucking One King Down and, and the Disenchanted or whomever. <laughs> Disenchanted deep cut. <laughs> so, we play with them at Siena, and I always think about them because they're like one of the few like punk punk bands that we ever yeah, got punk to punk bands. Um, okay, so you know uh, what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I feel your, like your position is that as Northeast guys from uh, either very accepting scenes or relatively accepting scenes, we have not seen the how ugly things can be or how uh, we haven't seen it. Is that is that the position? For the most part, I mean, you always hear stories about you know Philly, Atlantic City, all these people like having to yeah. fuck up Nazis. Yeah, uh, listen, uh, that's true. It was Asbury Park. Mm -hmm. 
we if we engage in a conversation about that was a long time ago, there's always the retort that well, not, not long that, ago. There's not that, that we long know ago. that go to shows now that are yeah. still involved in it. Not that long ago. That's okay. So I'll eat all that. But what I'm saying is it's just not you're not going even if you are putting that out there because there are uh racist elements in your scene, right? And you're putting it out there. The I'm talking about the conversation between you and your audience. And you maybe you guys are maybe you, Tom, are coming from a different position that the politics are uh that flag waving is necessary, right? And that it, it and that it's about establishing standards and 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 uh, okay, <clears throat> but where I'm coming, you never from know is, who's going to hear your stuff, though. Yeah, that's okay. That's and fair change too. your mind. That's you know how many too. how many fucking Catholic school kids that I've met over the years that are like, you know what? You gave me something to think about, and uh, I don't go to church anymore. Fair. Here, here's you don't know who's going to listen. Here's what I'll say. I. I, my stuff when I was a kid and still very much now is material like earth crisis, right? Uh, Earth crisis, you can say had a cult of personality around them and that Mm -hmm. the kids coming to the shows were straight edge vegans, but wasn't always so, (laughs) you know what I mean? And no, and and but I mean, I think they're an outlier. I just think one of like, you know, they're, and Bob is going to reach through the computer and punch us both for this. But like, uh-huh. I'll go as far to say as like, they've had as much of a, like a philosophical and cultural impact on punk and hardcore as like, they're like up there with like crass. Uh, agreed. Fully agreed. But, but here, here's what I'm saying. Like whether or not you like them. Here's what I'm saying. They've had a huge impact. The, the, the Zulu, uh, uh, abolish white hardcore shirts. Right. Yep. P- some people didn't like them, but wasn't with it. Here, here's what I'll say to it. Uh, started a conversation. Maybe the conversation was just in 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 group chats of people saying, "I don't like this," or "Hey, I, I you know, can I not wear this?" or what, whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> but at least it started a conversation. I'm I'm merely saying that for me, the more interesting politics that I would want from a band in 2023 would be someone that says something that is not beyond debate for the average person. Right, like something that is still worth arguing about. Like, name one. Give me a, give me the next self defense song. What are you, what are you writing about? <clears throat> I mean, my my shit's a little too esoteric for that. But if we're talking about like, like specifics, uh, what are things that are still open for debate? Um, okay, things that are uh, topically uh, 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 contentious. Well, like the industry. Like, what are we doing? Like, no, no, no. Like, I, I'm trying to think of like. Like okay, oh here's here would be an interesting one. Universal uh, healthcare. No, no. Here, see that's that would be an example of a bad one, Tom, because we all want universal healthcare. Not everybody. Or we'd have it. No, that's listen. You and I both. When if we were to drill down on this, we would both blame uh, very crooked politicians rather than the majority of Americans that, when polled, say it is the only thing that it goes across. Uh, 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 party lines of all types and across the ways that people identify, but <clears throat> nailed it, Tom. Here we go. Uh, corporate involvement in BLM. Okay. And maybe we don't want to have that conversation because it's white guys sitting no, around here. Conversation. But yeah, but I mean, should that be coming out of Pat's face? Right. Uh, well, that's a, Tom. Completely up for like you know whatever. But the point is, 
would you want to hear that song? In 2023, that's kind of the only political songs I want to hear is, hey, here is a nuanced thing that I have a strong opinion on and I'm going to voice it now rather than kind of the baseline well, our understanding of like, look, chokehold, uh, uh, chokehold being in like a pro choice band. Now, Tom, in New York city, that might not have struck you as the most, as the boldest decision that ever came down the pike, <laughs> but it, it was, were they pro choice? Yeah. Uh, uh, chokehold. Yeah. Cause that, knowledge, that was always the, that was always the pushback on, uh, on earth crisis. Earth right. Crisis, yes, yes. Right. No, they were so, definitely not. Yeah. So, so, so that type of conversation at that moment, right now, we can maybe say that certain issues are settled in the public sphere to a degree, or, or, or we can see the arc of history in some aspect and, and say like, okay, well, what is the, what is the new horizon? Well, that's, this, the, is, this is, you, you landed on the answer, which is broadly speaking, <clears throat> hitting what Tom said, which is, Hey, these are still issues. A lot of these like baseline ideas that, People went on about whether it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, what have you. But there are changes and and versions of these that are much more nuanced and interesting to discuss. You know, like corporate greed, what does that look like in 1983? Well, we have we have some depictions of that. Uh, (laughs) Right. But what is that in 2023? And what what is the way that impacts? So when we talk about politically charged or, you know, this kind of content, that is the ask. And uh, I think it is. Like, there is room for the nuance. I mean, Pat, you don't get heavy on it, but but the idea, like, the underpinnings of Weedpin are really interesting, right? Like, like content-wise, like, fucking, what is it? What's what's your, what's your fellow make? 12, Johnny Johnny does bad at job. Uh, Fuck 12, you. 12, 12.50 $12, $12, an hour, right? Right. Yo, the, those kind of conversations are interesting. So, yeah, yeah that's uh, that's yes. Um, <laughs> to answer your, to answer this person's question, though, I don't know if he did. Hardcore, <laughs> it, hardcore is all of these great things that we appreciate, and it is also at the moment toothless politically. I'm not going to say it's toothless; it's just toothless politically. Something found, something lost. Mm. Tom. Yes. Hardcore is more diverse, more inclusive, but is less politically charged. Yes. I, I agree with that statement. I think it's far more diverse than it has been again, like taking away the New York city, like blinders that we had. Um, it is less political. My, my biggest concern with that is the only political stuff is happening by the folks that are making it more diverse. Ah, uh, that's oh, interesting. That's true. The weight is landing that's, on. That's right. That's right. On people that like, we should all share the weight, and it's it doesn't seem to be that way because it's oh, kind right. of like, well, my God, why should I? I mean, I they know better. Well, and or what am I going to say the, the reason? Right. The the idea being like, maybe it's not my place to say it. Well, you're coming from a unique individual perspective, and hopefully, you can have share some thoughts that might resonate more or less with other humans. So. Uh, yeah. I think people are worried about saying anything because someone will have a problem with it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So uh, so I, this is where social maybe you do stay routine because you don't want to like, no, you don't want to get the first person to get stepped that steps out of line gets shot. Right. Right. So social media, uh, making it so everybody has access to clown you 
everybody fears a ratio, right? That's a, that's what Ooh. people live in fucking mortal terror of <laughs> uh, getting ratioed on some fucking bullshit platform. Uh, and also there, we're all acutely aware that there's no hiding anymore, right? Like for all of the, uh, complaining about people using uh, aliases online and all that. The reality is uh, you exist forever on the internet and having the name like, uh, you know, Timmy Hellraiser, uh, it, it, it doesn't work anymore. Right. Like we all know who you, who you are. So, so there's there, there, I think punk is actually missing a type of like, you know, Johnny Skid shits, uh, sort of anonymity, you know, maybe, or just the idea that, um, I don't know. I I think, uh, I think nuance is a a big answer to a lot of this. That's something that we can add is the idea that, Hey, sometimes thoughts are complicated and you can, you can do it. And, you know, sometimes punk and hardcore are pretty stripped down, simple songs about stupid people stuff, but, they can be profound in that. So uh, don't be afraid to step out of line. Um, unfortunately, as it is for people who step out of line. Tom, yes. have you ever actually grinded an axe? Like physically? Yeah. I think this person's speaking quite literally. Like quite, quite literally. Um, <laughs> no, I've used an axe a couple of times, but I've never actually like had to grind one. Patrick, ever grind an axe? Did the other day. Skyrim. Skyrim? Yep. You talking video games? You fucking dork. Go outside. Shit sharp yeah, now. Yeah. yeah, I had to throw uh, throw a woodcutter's blade into the Octork in uh, Breath of the Wild. And, uh, <laughs> no, uh, never, never, never grinded an axe. I've used an axe many, many times in my life. Um, but never grinded one. So, uh, Patrick. Yes. This one's interesting. Gel are better than scowl and get way less coverage. Agree? Disagree? Uh, I mean, Gel is objectively sorry. Sorry to scowl, who <clears throat> I think is a is a good band, but Gel objectively better hardcore band. Uh, I am really happy for Scowl to be pursuing the avenue that they are because I think that they're good at it. I did not think yeah. that they were an exceptional hardcore band. I thought they were a decent hardcore band. I think Gel is an exceptional hardcore band. So, yeah, I, I mean, uh, but we can't say Gel's being ignored. <laughs> you know what I mean? Thank you for getting yeah. that. I don't think Gel's getting ignored. Gel, Gel getting a lot of coverage too. Uh, uh, shout out to them. They deserve every second of it. Yeah, as, and and as also Scott. let's 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 do the thing where we should say let's assume that these two things are being compared because they popped into the consciousness at the same time and not because they have female singers. Uh, I don't mind those comparisons because sometimes they're apt, but I know some of our listeners do not appreciate that. (laughs) So so let's leave it at them popping at the same time. Tom, similar, similar feelings. (laughs) Yeah. I think gel is an exemplary Parker band. Yeah. And I think, you know, I like, I, I prefer the scowl, Rock, like quote unquote rock stuff. Yeah, the scowl, the scowl alt stuff is good. I, I just, yeah, right. I thought, I, I just thought that the, the their hardcore roots, I didn't think were as strong as gels. No, but that opening night song is a fucking banger. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, let's see, Tom. <clears throat> oh, this is interesting. Big boy is better than tsunami. 
Familiar? I'm not familiar with Big Boy yet. So I, I, I've watched a couple of the videos. I haven't listened to the record. Um, yeah, same. I mean. So maybe we'll take the knee on this one. Everybody come I have to take the knee. I mean, Tsunami's actually like, musically, they're all very good players. Drummer's really good. Guitar player's really good. So it's not like, I can't say one's better than the other. I mean, right. they're both like, they both started popping like immediately. Yeah. <laughs> like big boy is like was like big like third show <laughs> like you know getting like bonkers reactions yeah I, I i don't really i mean quite honestly i don't like doing that shit anyway no i know you don't so like, who's better than who? like who gives a fuck like what do you like better it's, it's it's the only reason it's good is that i hope it encourages people to go listen to both um actually, oh yeah that's the only thing yeah yeah big boy and, and tsunami give them the side by side and uh people give us your feedback I'm curious about that um okay Tom, you get a you get another one here. Does the success of so many large hardcore festivals mean that a traveling Sound and Fury would be viable? Uh, so, saying would would a traveling hardcore festival be viable? Um, I think it could be, but to what cost? I think it would. You could do that once or twice, but like you probably hurt the local scenes of where you're going. Very potentially. Patrick. Yeah, we'll call it 10 for 10. It'll be great. That's right. So so this happened, Yeah. what is it, Fuck. 15 years ago? 2009? Something like that? Yeah, let me pull up the information while you guys it's talk. Either 2009 or 2010, somewhere in there. Maybe, maybe as early as 2008. Uh, 10 bands. For nice $10. spread. 10, 10 bucks. Uh, full US. Pretty robust. I want to say like 30 dates. Um, yeah, you want, yeah. So it started July 9th in Philadelphia, ended August 14th in Buffalo. It was in 2008. You want, can I give you the band lineup? Go yes. for it. This is a pretty wild fucking lineup. Mm-hmm. This is Hell, mm-hmm. The Ghost Inside, The Mongoloids, Trapped Under Rice, Death Before Dishonor, War of Ages, Crime and Stereo, Vision, Terror, Vision of Disorder, Bane, Madball, Poison the Well. God, that was right. weird. One, very two, weird. It was four. a very weird time. And honestly, so you hear those names now. Remember, it's 2008. Bad. Yeah, and I think there was some some rotation of some things, right? Um, 2008, TUI is not TUI yet totally, but they did very well on that tour. Um, Terror's top of their game. A few of those other bands were not at their peak or like their reunited peak. You know, like, like I'll be honest, VOD was – certainly not a small band in 2008, but I think there's been a bit of a VOD renaissance over the last few years, um, more so than at that time. Uh, but anyways, long story short, it happened. It was good. Um, those big big rooms. Yeah, those big tours can help uh, and can be good, but the you have to look at what the utility is. I think better format is what Drain did on that tour, Drain and Drug Church. It was Drain, Drug Church, Magnitude for the whole thing. And then on different legs, they featured everything from gel to gum to MS Paint. Right. Uh, I'm forgetting Big some, boy. but Big Boy. Big right, boy. Just, just different. Right. They had a ton of things that all rotated. And I think that's maybe the better formula. I don't know. Yeah, the regionality of certain things definitely, I think, would help. Yeah. And I remember like, so the New York show is a second date. If I remember correctly, that was like a Wednesday or some bullshit. Mm, yeah. And it was like, I remember being like, oh, this is how it goes on at 3.30. Yes. 
or whatever it was at like Terminal Five, which is like in New York City is a thirty eight hundred capacity room. Yeah, that show did not do thirty eight hundred people anywhere. You know, so they played like Starland Ballroom. They played the big room at Worcester. They played like they played major venues. You know, so so to get get the uh, like thinking cap on, there's a way to do this that would be kind of interesting. Um, so in 2007 and eight, even 2006 a little bit, but basically with Sound and Fury, uh, Riley, myself, Todd. We, we worked with a lot of the bands kind of directly and helped them kind of either connect with other bands to do tours out or, hey, this band's touring, they could, you could jump on some show, whatever. We tried to, to help with that stuff. And there was kind of this collective effort to make sure that these tour lines didn't converge too much right. or pull things out. There's a way where you could do some variation of this where uh, – on Friday, Saturday, Friday, maybe even Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you have a couple tours converge in some of the larger spaces, larger markets, and get a big room. But then for the rest of the week, the, the Sunday, the Monday, Tuesday, the Wednesday, those it's kind of uh, you go to Kansas City, we're going to Little Rock. You know what I mean? Right, you you right, spread right, out. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll reconvene. We'll meet you guys in Chicago or something. Correct. There, there's some interesting shit that could be done like that. I, I think uh, people could put their heads together and make something really cool happen. But let me just tell you, the logistics are wild. Um, yeah. And doing a hardcore festival on its own is enough, uh, let alone trying to do one in multiple cities and across the country. Tough, tough stuff. Did Patrick, you weighed in on that, Pat? Uh, I just think logistically it's impossible. I'll say, uh, so let's see. Between Riley, myself, shout out to our, our buddy Andy Rice, who was instrumental in this as well. I believe it was 2007, 2007. We essentially had directly booked five full U.S. tours. Wow. Varying things. Yeah. Like there was uh Have Heart. What was the Half Heart tour? Was it Half Heart Sinking Ships? I don't know. Then there was Blacklisted Somebody. There was Cold World, Living Hell, Down and Nothing Verse. There was a few others, but we booked a, a grip of tours all together, but made it so they didn't overlap in too many spots. You know what I mean? And it was it's very tough. I'm not going to say it's impossible. It would be very tough, and especially given that the climate is different and booking agents and managers are more involved these days. I think it's closer to impossible than I'm letting on. Patrick. Yes. Drug church is more important than title fight. Uh, to, to me? <laughs> uh, to your mom and dad, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, listen, Title Fight isn't just uh, like a big band. They're We've discussed it. They're maybe the most influential band that on hardcore that some people are unwilling to say that. Uh, it's they're a massively influential band. Um, can I take a hot – can I make a hot take? Yes, Go. you may. None of this hap- – none of 2022 and 2023 happens without Title Fight. I'm open to that idea. 
Nobody, none of it, none of it. Not turnstile, not fiddlehead, not drug chart. None of it happens without t- title fight laying I that think, groundwork. I think title fight really. Yeah, I mean, I I, I fully co-sign that. I think title fight bent hardcore. Not sonically, but obviously they had a pretty huge sonic influence on <laughs> not hardcore. Uh, but they they laid a lot of templates and blueprints for people and also the energy they brought. And I don't mean like the energy on stage, though certainly they did that. But just um, the way they were a massive band, but they chose hardcore. Mm, they chose Right, right. They could have been shitball pop punk they could have been big room only doing these things doing every mechanical fucking garbage thing but they chose not to because they chose hardcore and i think that's something people should think about as their bands gain more and more success is uh you know not maybe it's a uh get some wwtfd bumper stickers made up what would (laughs) bob if you had a guess and we'll play this game because we haven't played this game right. in a minute. And Pat, mm. I'm here. 2023 title fight monthly listener. If you had a guess, uh, I looked not long ago. Um, I'm gonna. If you can hold, then I, you can. I'll go second. I'll, I'll guess still, but I, I don't remember. Sure. But go ahead, Patrick. Three hundred thousand. Uh, I'm going to go oh. seven hundred and fifty. How about one point four million? Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, their numbers. Um, Turnstile has one point six. Yeah. For for, I for an idea. So like title fight two hundred thousand. Like title hasn't played title fight hasn't played a show since Amityville twenty eighteen. Yep, yep. And they're nearly as have as many monthly listeners at Turnstile who just did a full arena tour. Their numbers are double ludicrous. Yeah, shout out, shout out to title fight. And there's another one. Hold on, let me look this Please. up. This is has nothing to do with title fight, but I someone posted it today, and I fucking almost fell out of my uh, out of my chair. Oh, uh, hold on. Yes, we're out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together, we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! All right, so, Pat. Yes, I'm here. Um, a band that we talked about that you were super impressed with, um, that you saw at LDB. You played after them at LDB. Kubakon. Yes. What? What about them? Guess their guess their their uh, monthlies. I know this because it came up on my Twitter today. One million. Yep. One million twenty two thousand seven hundred and thirty. Knocked <sighs> loose is one million one hundred and forty thousand. Yo, these uh, listen. Hats off to these fucking bands. I, I I'm struggling. Uh, like when I get to two hundred thousand listeners, I'm gonna do a fucking hat dance. Uh, it, it's a struggle. <laughs> so, so so shout out to everybody out there. Shout. You know what? Fuck that. 
shout out to somebody with 10,000. Uh, shout out to anybody who's fucking feel like they're making strides in anything. Cause I know that when I see these bands with a million, it's inconceivable. <laughs> it's like, well, you know what though? They, they, they probably thought the same at one point. That's true. So let's see. What's a big band? Like a big, like, all right, I'm just trying to think of like a band that you could be like, all right, well, Pantera has 6 million. That's pretty big. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like, you like, did you know fucking, you know? Oh, like, like the, the bands who aren't like, like title fight versus stuff that's, uh, yeah. Right, yeah. Like, you know, like, like squeeze or something. Like, yeah, yeah, like, no, um, like, uh, um, <laughs> you know, squeeze and so title fight and turnstile have more monthly listeners than squeeze oh right i don't i don't uh, know if that's right uh, the, 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 yeah, Patrick, i love are you band. familiar with uh toad the wet sprocket uh, i saw toad the wet sprocket in a relatively full room a couple years ago um so i'm gonna say they have four hundred thousand. tom um, I feel like they have like one of those like walk on the ocean songs, That's, whatever is yeah, probably on a playlist. Yeah. So I'm going to say they probably have like 2 million. 693,000. Mm. So title hey, fight, Pat, them up. title fight or Elvis Costello. Who's got more listeners. Ellison. <laughs> wow, wow. If Elvis Costello has fewer listeners, it's because they're listening to it on cassette. Um, title um, fight wins. Title fight wins. Is that real? That's so. Elvis wild. Costello and the attractions have one point one seven million. Uh, okay, okay. Elvis Costello solo has two point one two. Which well, isn't this asinine though? It's all the same. They should connect them, but yeah. and a lot of the songs are the same, so it doesn't even matter. But you know, the ultimate argument of this is Tom Petty and Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Yeah, under separate files because he did albums just as Tom Petty, even though everybody goes to Wildflowers. Solo record, yeah, yeah, Wildflowers. Do you know the story of Wildflowers? It's um, everyone from the Heartbreakers except the drummer because I think he was being spiteful. He was like pissed at him. He was like, nah, fuck you. You ain't on this record. We're not playing on your soul. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so good. Uh, he was also like uh, heading towards a very heavy heroin relapse on that record. So, um, Slight diversion since we're there. How familiar are you guys with the uh, Sting song, Fields of Gold? Relatively, relatively familiar. Fields of Gold. Yes. I, I, in a, a chat with friends, I said, what's a song that you like a good amount, but is straight up undeniably lame? And that, that was my answer. That's a good answer. A song I like, undeniably lame. It's somewhere between easy listening and like fake world music. Yeah. But I'm it's- with it. Uh, you got a, got a good answer for that. A song you really like, but that is by – in no uncertain terms, <laughs> I have one. Hit, hit us. Now, I'm going to let Pat go first. Uh, I mean, I'm looking right now. I'm trying to think of one. I'm a pretty cool guy. I'm going to out myself. If I say this, like, this may top Pat's DM, like the DMs that we get for Pat's, like, yeah, yeah. Takes. Um, I really like the song Jane by the Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's undeniably lame. That's a cool. And I song. think like I, I have to like fight with you, but I'm like, no, no, no. I get it. Like the one week song, fucking honks. I get it. But they have some it's like. It's been one week since you looked at me. My friend is married to a guy named Ben, uh-huh. and I've always tried to make her change her ringtone to that when he calls. That's really good. It's Ben. That's so good. Holy shit! But you wouldn't do it. 
Uh, Patrick, I, I really, got COVID. Patrick, and, you um, like that one Smash Mouth song a lot. Some, Somebody some, wants All-Star. Yeah, I, I live for that. Do you remember when they did that song? Like Colin Young did like an All-Star version of that to make fun of people singing Imagine uh, at the beginning of COVID. Pat didn't get the call. Yeah, what's Should up? Have. All right, come on. What's your, what's your answer, Patrick? Um. Okay, this might not make your standard, but if it. you compare – uh, the Bob Seger record against the wind against everything else he ever right. did. It's pretty goddamn lame. I'm saying I like the bare naked ladies. I'm really fucking put my cred out there. This house was like, I don't know if I like Bob Seger, like get the fuck out of here. Go it is. It is his Jackson Brown album. It's, 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 it's pretty fucking lame. Like yeah. I, against the wind is a great sentimental, like schmaltzy song. But it, I mean, if you compare it to everything else this dude did, it's pretty lame. All right, so we're gonna put Patrick on the spot then. All right, uh, you're familiar with the uh, Seal song "Crazy"? Sure. Are you familiar with the Aerosmith song "Crazy"? Sure. Which is better, Seal? Uh, if you didn't know what ethnic background is Aerosmith, uh, what, what what would those guys identify ethnic background? Uh, I'd probably say like a uh, system of a down style Armenians. Okay. Megatron. Come on. Redo that answer. <laughs> answer it again. Pat. Is it, the song crazy. I'm basing it on the song crazy. No, well, no, could, just Aerosmith in general. But I mean, the song crazy does have quite a bit of uh, the influence here. Um, crazy. Uh, when I met you, now I'm done. Now, <laughs> you, now your question, now your question, your answer. I'm well, I, I'm trying to think. Like, I feel like I'm putting. Considered... Yo, they're Italians. Hundred oh, percent. Okay, yeah. I, I think there's accordion in that song, which is amazing. All right. Yeah, uh, I went I, to high school with people who have ants that look like Joe Perry and. Yeah, no doubt. Steven Tyler, no doubt. So, Tom, what's your answer? Which crazy do you prefer, Aerosmith um, or Seal? Bastard's one is the one with. Uh, that's a pretty great song. Crazy is the one with. Um, is Alicia Silverstone in the video? Uh, crazy and crying both. Have yeah, no, I, I I mix them up. I'm I'm hearing I'm crazy when I left you. Hold on, but it's hold, on, hold on, this this song. The intro. That's the song, isn't it? Oh, I do remember this, but if you would have been like, that's the beginning of crying, I go, yeah, that sounds right. Girl, you change your crazy ways. Hear me? I'm going to feel 100. Oh, God, it's so good. Um, all right, back to hardcore questions. Um, somebody asked, favorite releases of 2023, albums, movies, books. Uh, favorite 2023, anything you guys got out there? <laughs> uh, See me in uh, December. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Gel LP and the uh, yeah, the Alienator Seven Inch for me. There's a couple others that are very good, but uh, I'm going to continue to give that Gel LP a, a reach around. So it's very good. Incendiary um, record. Uh, yeah, I'm trying yeah. to think what movie what movies I've seen that I really dug. Hmm. Um, Eric Wilson said that Flash movie was great a couple months ago, so we should. Put that <laughs> I didn't mind that. Yeah, listen. If you're not the if machine you don't by, with Bert Kreischer, it was terrible. If you don't, oh really? Oh, dude. Um, Patrick, can you write about Dan Green in your next newsletter for me? Sure. 
uh, incredible inker uh, from the eighties, nineties, and yeah, he did tracer. The, he did the Sylvester stuff. He did. This, uh, he did the. He did the. Um, nerds. He did. He did X Men through from the end of Burn through uh, issue Windsor, Windsor, through Windsor Smith through John Romita Jr. into Sylvester. And that's a lot of different. Like his work is really notable. I think he to Jim Lee. He did the early Jim Lee stuff, and like it's really notable. Like uh, I think basically he did some of the best work by legendary artists, and th- it's their best work. You know, tabletop gamers. R.I.P. Let me say. Let me say in terms of something that is uh, might have come out this year, may have come out last year. Mm-hmm. That Weird Al movie was remarkably funny. Do you just like it because Spencer and Jeremy were in it? No, I honestly did not know either one of them were in it until I was. Spencer was in it, right? I know Jeremy was. I don't think. I, it, I don't think was Spencer another one of the punks. Hold on, let me see. I don't remember, but I know Jeremy was definitely in it. I mean, Spencer's been in everything else. Yeah, our man works. Good for him. God, this feels like a joke. Thoughts on non-edge people wearing edge band merch and drinking at edge shows? I think it's fun, corny as shit. Uh, yeah, but kind of unavoidable for some bands that people love. I just, I feel like people ask us that question just because we answer that question. I feel like I answer that question every six weeks on the show. <laughs> really? I feel like we've answered it once. No, we get the like thoughts on non-edge people wearing edge band shirts. This is a, this is a like well, edge band shirts. Time. I don't really care. Yeah. yeah, But, but the edge band merch and drinking at edge shows, I, I can't remember the last time I was at a straight edge show. I, I did have the weird thought of like how much how much big beer is involved in fucking hardcore recently. Your PBR has it's got its weird. tentacles it's weird, and everything. They're really I'm listen. We got to talk about the post Malone industrial complex at some point. Oh, uh, he's there's some there's some post Malone commentary in here. All right, um, the scene in Albuquerque is in fact lit. Don't be scared to come here. Yeah, Albuquerque's cool. New Mexico's dope. Big, big New Mexico head would move to Las Cruces in a minute. I know that's on the other side of the state, but uh, I got love for ABQ too. I'm planning to move to Las Cruces at some point in my life. Um, new self defense LP soon, yeah, but there's like a bunch of EPs and demos and stuff. So, there'll be demos coming. Although, I was just sent uh, more material, they, they've been recording uh, Ooh, good, really How's sneaky. Feel? How's it feel? Uh, Sounds like the, the material I got yesterday sounds like the church. Oh, interesting. Okay. Good to hear. Uh, in Tom, is 2023 the year we get a Sounds of the Underground kind of revival? Should we? Oh, this is no. another one of those big package tour questions. Yeah, I don't think so because I feel like that kind of didn't do that well for for that kind of stuff when it was at its height. Mm. I think that we do best when there's some, you know, some tours, several tours going out. In different, you know, not in the same, you know, not like night after night in the same places. And I think it benefits people, benefits bands and scenes when it's not, here's a five package bill, five package, five band package, no room for for local openers. Yeah. yeah. So and no local openers on fucking Sounds of the Underground. Unless you, you want to fucking, you know, battle of the bands at some fucking shitty club. <laughs> you sell those tickets. Ah, um, hey Pat, do you need to go to Hospo? Yeah, I'm dying. Yeah, what's going on? All right, we'll, we'll, we'll keep moving quickly then. 
Uh, let's see what we're yeah, get my la- I want this to be my last. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it won't stop from talking, so I mean, that's cool. Whatever. Sorry, we need to make sure you're healthy for the SWAT new SWAT demo. Yeah, yeah. I heard about that from Mac. I didn't even hear that from you. Is that right? I tweeted it. You posted about the new, new SWAT material. <laughs> follow me on Twitter. Patrick's dying wishes. Um, started launched my new company that helps cats. I'll send you all a link in a bit. I'm trying to find this. Um, I think this is Sweet Boy. You yes, Adam. Sweet Boy? Yes, okay. So, Sweet Boy. Let's talk about it. Uh, where are you? Adam, where did you put this thing? Adam. Uh, here we go. They have merch and stuff. Yes. It helps. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 please. Uh, Sweet Boy campaign. It's on Indiegogo. Uh, this is really cool. All things black cats, Silas, skateboarding, 90s nostalgia, and awesome. Um, this is really cool. whole idea started out with saving a sweet black cat who had been abandoned by his owner. Things have gone on. We've gotten more serious about making a company. Uh, they need to get to about 25K initially with more goals down the line to release more designs and merch. Um, they're not trying to cut any corners i think this is really cool shout out to people who are trying to do things to help the world help animals help other people uh this is really cool so shout out to adam for starting this he's brand new on it um we'll uh we'll tweet out and uh throw it up on instagram too so check it out if that's your thing um all right i had a good time visiting downtown albany for the first time last year in december lovely place where are you from Jesus. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, yeah. Somebody has one afternoon in downtown Albany. What do you tell them to do, Patrick? Don't say. Leave. Yes, that's. that's don't Get say the leave. fuck out of here. What do you uh, go to the Rensselaer train station and go? No, go to the uh, uh, go to the Greyhound station yeah. uh, and just vibe. True. Uh, get some kind of. Uh, where would you go though? Seriously, Bob, where would you? You'll be serious. I would go get Indian food somewhere around there. Not not downtown downtown, but I'd go get there. There's good. Is there anything like cool, like like a state building or anything I mean, like that? The state yeah. museum's pretty good. If you, if you want to just be full out, you go walk around, uh, like the the Capitol stuff. It's not very exciting. But if you had like a sunny, cool day, it's probably yeah. not a bad place to walk. Not um, a bad I'd place walk, to walk. Yeah, I'd walk up. Um, I'd walk up from the Capitol up to the park and hang out in the park and get lunch somewhere, and then try to get out of there because it's. You could make a little bit of time out of the State Museum, but uh, that's you know it's it's an afternoon, not a full day trip. Yeah, you. Um, let's see. You could go to uh, Dove Street. Where you can mm. see where Legs Diamond was assassinated by Albany police. <laughs> there we go. Uh, all right, Michael Graves era sucked. Pat and Tom comments. I don't agree. I mean, he the guy sucks. Not not the person, not the person who wrote that statement. But I think there's a couple of very 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 good Michael Graves era misfit songs. Dig Up Her Bones is top ten misfit song, and I will die on that hill. Patrick, what do you think? Michael Graves era misfits sucks. It's, all, it's a wash. Don't care. It's all the same dog shit to me. All right. Uh, somebody asked, "What's the full reason why Trash Talk had a falling out with Deathwish?" Oh God, I don't really know. <clears throat> Pat, you know. Uh, yeah, I actually do know, but it's, it's really messy. Uh, it's mostly 
All right, you want me to boil it down without the, uh, you know, sparing gory details? Um, it is uh, an issue that I think I came to where sometimes bands, hardcore bands, punk bands, and labels don't – it's like they're talking two different languages and have two different sets of expectations. And so there's just a level where they're not connecting, if that makes sense. So what the band wants out of the relationship is not necessarily what the relationship is or has been with many other bands. Um, and that just leads to friction. Uh, I've seen it. I've seen it a lot. I've seen it with many times where it goes unspoken and unsaid and just kind of quietly, right? But um, it was it was kind of just a weird thing. Um, it was one of those situations where I have a feeling – with the hindsight and lens of time that it would have been handled. It would have been differently from the band side. Um, but it was, it was, you know, it, you know, it didn't, it didn't derail death wish and it didn't derail trash talk, which is all you can ask for at the end of the day. Pat, is can that I, fair? Uh, that's fair though. Vague. It's uh, although I think at this point, things are so lost to history in some ways that it would just have to be vague anyway. That's uh, it, it, can I just tell you how lit Albany was at one point? Of course. Uh, so legs diamond shot, right? I think yeah. Pat's going to be like, dude, there was this place down on fucking Lark Avenue or Lark Street. Or Lark Street, Lark Street. New Scotland road with fuck. New Scotland. Uh, you know your spots. I know. I played all your venues, but I thought you were going to talk about something in like in the, in this century. No, no, no. So, so, so Dan O'Connell. You know ran, what it was in 1920? Fucking Al Capone sent for somebody to kill. Like I just want to tell you this. Ah, Dan O'Connell, who ran the the uh, Democrat machine in Albany, uh, was essentially organized crime, right? But of his yeah. his own organized crime. Uh, I'm reading from the Wikipedia now. I did not know this detail. When uh, leg, so everybody has speculated that they that legs was killed by a police officer and and for belief for those believing this theory the the Fitzpatrick the guy who uh a guy who it, it was implicated in that murder was promoted to chief of police and is which is said to have been a reward in 1945 chief Fitzpatrick that's the guy we're just talking about was shot and killed in his own office by John uh, McIlvaney, an Albany police detective. McIlvaney was sentenced to 20 years to life in prison, which was then commuted by the governor. I just want to talk about how crooked Albany was for a while. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, Everell Harriman, which is the campus where you send your taxes in New York State. So that guy, that governor got a fucking tax place named after him. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. And he legs diamond is buried near me in Massworth, Queens. No shit. Hmm. Shout out to legs. My dad probably. Is there anything it can't do? (laughs) Shout out to Nate Wilson, who I met in person for the first time, and also then ran into at uh, at Target, and we had some very positive. uh, Oh no shit! Of course, it was great. It was great. Did he come down, or did he play in any of the bands? No, he was just down for the gig. He went to the Drop Dead gig. Um, We also uh, uh, Patrick. Andrew and Hans went so deep on a North 
country uh, accent conversation mm. that uh, I almost clipped it to send to you, though I know you do not listen because it was it was so unbelievably local and deep. I think you still would have appreciated it. There was a lot of talk about the difference between a Queensbury accent and a Glens Falls accent. Fuck. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And that the Fort Anne accent also very – it was amazing. Good work by them. Um, do you hold – Tom, you give us this one. Do you hold the door open for someone when you see them carry a box of merch into a show? Uh, yes. Shout out to Jay Reason. <laughs> Patrick? Uh, hold the door open for anyone coming. Yeah, yeah I usually hold it open for anyone. Into a it. door. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I usually go, no, you first. And I hold the door open like like I work for them, and then I then yeah. I go in after. When is the next New York Live recording of Ask to Grind going to happen? I don't know. I mean, when we replace Pat with someone who lives closer? Yeah. AI Patrick will be. I'm going to convince everyone. Yeah. Uh, pit beef, crew beef, fights all intriguing on some level. What's healthy balance? Keep anonymous, please. Yeah, of course. Um Pit beef, crew beef fights, all intriguing on some level. What's healthy balance? Uh, I, mean, I, I find it interesting. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna act like I'm better than that. Like right, sure. when you, someone goes, "Wait till you hear what, who got beat up at this by this guy because of this," and I go, "Oh man, thank God it wasn't me." Yeah, but I think like yeah, I mean, I, it can't be like you know the only thing that you're interested in. But, right. I mean, I think that it's healthy to kind of be like. I mean, you want to like. You know what I mean? You you want to hear about it. And I mean, unless you really, I mean, like if you're playing that moral high ground and being like, I don't want to know anything about this. But I think for the most part, it's like, fuck. It's, it's you know, yeah. I, I find it interesting. And it kind of like lets you reset like, all right, don't fuck with that guy. Yeah. The, the sure. only time, it, the only time it's. Not that I fuck with people, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like steer clear of that dude. He's got a little bit of a, a, bit of a temper. Yeah, it, it, it can be a bummer, obviously, when it's uh, like a Somebody completely cared. unaffiliated person that we heard got got roughed in some way. Uh, what yes. people, what people who have uh, signed up for a lifestyle do in that lifestyle, whether it's swinger lifestyle or crew lifestyle, it's none of my fucking business. I mean, and I don't mean I don't I don't mean I'm not interested. I just mean <clears throat> they could do anything they fucking want to each other. I just think that shit becomes a bummer uh, when it feels unearned, right? Like when somebody that's like outside of all that gets got, I don't, I don't appreciate that. But uh, right. in, in terms of, you know, just kind of like the, the menacing fellas out there, uh, go to work, have a great time. And I mean, do you want to know about pit beef? Pit beef is usually pretty boring to me. Um Right, because it's like this one guy was like crowd killing, this other guy was like, "Hey, don't crowd kill," and then they yeah, got that, a fight. That, that, that's kind of like been to thirty shows, sort of, sort of stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's, that pit beef feels more like a guy talking about his fantasy football team. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. And you're like, you know, the guy like he always wears like a fucking hat, especially if they're personally involved, like or or like, oh yeah, you had to see it. I was right there, and this guy, it's like. The glaze over of like, and then I drafted Pat Mahomes for four dollars. It was crazy. Um, and I took the Broncos defense. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, who do you think I should? Um, all right. Uh, this person has to help me balance. Here's what I will give my contribution is all of what Tom said is right. All of what Pat said is right. And to keep a healthy balance, um, think about it conversationally. How you would 
treat it in person if you were witnessing it. And just keep that in mind. Like, if you were there watching this person, seeing this unfold, would you run up and be like, hell yeah, awesome, man? Or would you be like, whoa, that's crazy. And, you know, just keep that in mind because let's be honest. Like, um, many people like to hear stories of violence and then uh, many fewer want to be in the middle of that violence. Right. So, right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's like a cookie. Like, can I live without the cookies? Of course. Am I going to eat a cookie if it's there? Of course I will. Sure. Right. Right. Like, right. If, if, you know, if I went six months without hearing about anybody getting beat up, I'd be oh, pretty yeah. all right with it. Oh, yeah. Right. 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 And it's not. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's not. And, but, and on the other side, like, don't feel as though you're morally superior for saying no. It's not my heart. No. no. And, and don't, don't feel like you're some lost soul because you, we're curious about the story. Like it's, it's all gravy, buddy. Yeah. Um, okay. Speaking of that, less drama in hardcore is a positive old heads at the show wishing there still was drama. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Interesting. So, um, first, first comment, less drama in hardcore is a positive. We all agree with sure. the old heads at the show wishing there was still drama. So I think what they mean this is something that we've circled and talked about many times, but always I think is worth repeating is the, um, uh, the kids today couldn't stand one song in the pits we had back then. Uh, this is, we had a a fella in our messages saying, Oh, I went to a show. There were like 600 people there. Show was pretty good, really packed. Uh, a lot of action, but you know, I thought the stage diving was kind of weak and, you know, there was some moshing, but I didn't think it was really that hard. And, you know, I, then I saw went online and saw a bunch of people talking about how crazy the show was, and it wasn't really that crazy to me. And I said, uh, "You're just old. That's just welcome." I haven't been to a show that I thought was that crazy in a long time, at least with that kind of goose. Though you step back, and everything's relative, right? But yeah, I, at the same time, do I think that the pits that at the DYS SSD shows at the, you know, Methune VFW hall. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, do I think those were like, uh, the peak of, of hardcore, uh, fury and savagery and fear? No, but that's what people have been saying since like 1985. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, uh, old heads at the show. It's, it's the hundred show rule to me. You've been to a hundred shows the newness isn't there. The first 20 shows you go to are going to be the shows where things are different. Things are new. Things are scarier than they will be in another 50 shows. And when you're at the 200 show line, you're just hoping somebody does like a front flip off something and doesn't die, but you can say, Oh, that was cool. You know? Yeah. I mean, but just don't get too comfortable. Cause you know, oh. see what happened with Steve Irwin, you know, <laughs> that's true too. All right. Um, is, is, Bands who sound like Leeway, the best hardcore subgenre. <laughs> I, I like the argument. Is bands sound like Leeway? The yeah. quote is the best hardcore subgenre, bands who sound like Leeway. Um, I mean, other than Akulu. Yeah. I, oh, and Mind Force. Yeah. I mean, and, I love- and, and uh, a friend and listener to all messaged me and said, uh, 
I'm out of the loop. Do people make the late leeway turnstile connection? Am I behind in that? Is that oh, you're not? I think I do. I do hear a little leeway in that turnstile. Yeah, I do. Like open mouth kiss and yeah. that'll crash. Yeah, maybe a little bit because I feel like yeah, maybe it's all like DM. May okay. I mean, it's all various story. It's yeah. Dijon and AJ Novella. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean. I love all those bands that sound like Leeway, and, and Leeway is one of my favorite bands ever. So, I mean, I, I, I'm not mad at it. No, no. Far, Leeway always hits the note for me where I don't think very few bands pull it off. We're at a no. time where and shout out to Eddie Sutton. Eddie Sutton's going through a lot of health stuff. So, if yeah. you have, mm. we, I feel like we're always gloom and doom on here. So, if you have money, like, there's a GoFundMe. He's going through cancer. He's like fighting it for like fucking 30 months or something crazy. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yes. Um, and did you see he does this crazy fucking baseball card thing? Yes, I did. He's he low key. Eddie Sutton has been a baseball card collector for like forty years, and he, but he'll make like he makes them into like he like repurposes them. Yep, it's really it's incredible. Cool. It's really cool. So shout out to Eddie Sutton for being such an incredible musician and in all of our lives and an incredible weirdo. And I say that with all love. I think yes. I who I mean hardcore is fucking for the weirdos, not for the fucking college jocks. Patrick. Yes. People pretend to like typo negative. They only like the shirts slash aesthetic of the band. Um so that so this is an unfair question to ask me because it's it's very difficult for me to like the music of that band. So I would say yes, but I've met I've met many people who like the band. It's just a type of per, of person typically. Tom. Being from Brooklyn, not for me. Yeah, yeah. I just, I think, I mean, I think definitely people do like them, but I feel like they're like one of those bands. Like, all right, so like, there's probably like four songs. Like, there's a couple of songs that I go, that sounds pretty good. Handful, 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 handful. But like, yeah. there's also eleven minute songs that are not. Yeah, uh, they are the uh, they are the bold of their genre in terms of, and I say this is someone who, who really, really likes. Bold. They don't have a they don't have a looking back. Ty- typo is a t shirt band. More people yeah, like the their shirts than, than yeah. More people like their shirts and their aesthetic than like the music. And I'm not saying nobody does. There are people who like typo, but they sold a million records. They did something. All right. Uh, opinion: The Fiddlehead LP run is a trio of perfect albums. I tend to agree. Say it, wait, uh, strong material. Wait, perfect. say it again. The Fiddlehead LP run is a trio of perfect albums. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to have to sit with the new one. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I have to sit with the new one. and Perfect stuff. Uh, it's perfect. I mean, there's nothing perfect, but nothing. It's, a, it's, a, yeah. it's an all-time run. True. I'll, I'll roll with that. Um, two more. Thoughts on Turnstile playing Rolling Loud? God bless. I mean, I think it's fucking cool, and I think they come off at those things better than they come off at like pop punk shows sometimes. True. I think it's dope. I think to be like the one like guitar act on a on a hip hop show like that, I think it's fucking great. Yeah, I, I think it's awesome. Uh, I've been asking the worst possible time on Instagram if Pat would eat lab grown meat, and they never respond. Please ask him for me. We've actually talked about this before, but I've shown Pat, you my fake meat. Please respond. Yeah. <laughs> Pat, would you eat lab grown meat? Uh, we've gone over this. I, I'm yeah. think I'm going to defer to a no. I, I would say no if I were you. If I were vegan, I would. 
I would get why someone would ask me that question, but I also it, it's kind of. I mean, what's it grown from? Isn't it grown from an animal product at some point? The, well, it's there's I, from what I understand, it's a no harm kind of thing where they they get the cells and then are able to replicate and produce the tissue from essentially a no harm. Like we took a couple of drops of blood and then we're able to recreate this thing. For each hair on the back of each cow is a birth. You'll spend. You will hell. spend in hell. <laughs> well, I see. Um, yeah, I don't know. It seems gross. It's to one, me. It's one way. I think it's gross. Yeah, it's like, oh, you, you you mean this petri dish made this steak? That's I don't want that shit. It's like a meme. Fuck that. All right, let's see this. Uh, let's see one last one. Oh, you know what? Let's do this. Shout out. Uh, good idea or bad idea? I'm I'm putting that in because this is a statement. I'm going to violate my probation three days in a row so I can drive across state lines to fly over fest in Tulsa. God Good bless. idea or bad idea? God bless. I mean, I don't know. You gotta live life. Just make sure you pee clean when you get back. Uh, mm. Do you guys recall at Sound and Fury? Somebody uh, two years ago, somebody we were with uh, had to depart early to uh, drive five hours to intercept a gun that they had mailed to themselves before it reached a state where they were going to go to jail. That's correct. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great week, everybody. Thank you. Peace.